Hi, this is Ann Robertson, the pastor of the United Methodist Church of Westford in Westford, Massachusetts. This is the Spirit Walker's devotion for October 7th, 2006. And before we get into that, I need to let you know that my new book, God's Top 10, Blowing the Lid Off the Commandments, has finally shipped from the printers. So it's on its way to the warehouse, and by next week we'll be shipping out to Amazon and other outlets. So you can pre-order it on Amazon.com, and it should come within the next oh, week and a half or so. Or you can wait till it shows up in bookstores, which are probably going to be about two weeks by the time it gets there. But I'm excited that it's finally coming out. So, on to Spirit Walkers. The passage comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians in the fourth chapter, verse 8. He says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, on first blush, this seems to be a really good biblical plug for the power of positive thinking. Don't dwell on the negative, shut off the news, turn away from negative campaign ads, and keep forwarding those heartwarming stories and cute pictures that float around the Internet. And that has some merit, except that I already get flooded with a lot of those things on the Internet. But focusing on what is good certainly makes us feel better, and I wouldn't be surprised if it actually had some tangible health benefits as well. But for those of us reading through the Bible in a year as part of our daily walk program here in Westford, we read the above words from Paul at the same time that we're reading the agonizing, dire predictions and accusations of the prophet Jeremiah. I can hear the question at our next Bible study now. How can I focus on what's lovely and praiseworthy with Jeremiah shouting doom and destruction in my ears? Are we supposed to stop reading the prophets? Good point. I don't think that Paul is trying to be Norman Vincent Peale here. All scripture is written to a particular audience in a particular time and place. Any universal applications need to be drawn from an understanding of what was going on at the time. From Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, we see that the church there is doing pretty well. They're on track, they're growing in faith, and they don't seem to have any of the major issues going on in other places like Corinth. The one hint of conflict we get seems to be an interpersonal rift between Euodia and Syntyche, which Paul mentions in chapter 4, verse 2. But even that seems to be a difference between two solid women of faith. Paul praises them both. After pleading with these two women to resolve their differences, Paul redirects the focus to rejoicing, not being anxious, and thinking about the good and praiseworthy things. It's Paul speaking as a pastor, reminding a church that has been distracted by a conflict between two leaders, that they really are a great church, and they should focus on all the positive things they've got going for them, rather than on the differences of two good people. So the universal meaning to draw from that is not to let one bad thing take away from a multitude of good things. Paul's first word in this passage, however, is to focus on what is true. Jeremiah finds himself in the unenviable position of being called to bring God's message to a completely corrupt society. When Jeremiah focuses on what is true in Israel in the 6th century BC, it isn't a pretty picture. Idolatry runs rampant, and Jeremiah says that the corruption reaches to, quote, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets. 
from chapter 2 verse 26 when the truth is that a society is running headlong over a cliff focusing on what is true has nothing to do with positive thinking but it does have to do with hopeful thinking whether it's the small conflict between a couple of people in a good church or whether it's the large-scale corruption of a nation both Paul and Jeremiah speak their words with the hope of change. Euodia and Syntyche can be reconciled if they will it. Israel can face its sin and turn from its gods of wood and stone to the God who brought them out of the land of Egypt. Whether we're a little off balance or headed for complete destruction, we can claim the promise of Paul in verse 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. We can turn around and make different choices. Of course, we'll still have to deal with the consequences of our past actions, and Israel is about to endure the worst time to date in its history as a nation. But eventually, God provides a renewal and a return. There is always hope. Let us pray. Help us to focus on your truth, O God, and to restore the harmony of your peace. Amen. Thank you for subscribing to Spirit Walker Devotions. I'm the pastor of the United Methodist Church of Westford at 10 Church Street in Westford, Massachusetts. If you're in the area, stop in for worship at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Spirit Walkers comes out each Saturday evening, and you can subscribe to it or my sermon podcasts either through iTunes or at www.annrobertson.com. You can also receive Spirit Walkers as an email and subscribe through the same address. If you'd like to drop me an email, I'd love to hear from you at ann at annrobertson.com. Thanks again for subscribing, and I'll look forward to being with you again next week. Music